Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Good morning, Vineyard family. How are we doing today? Good, good. Good morning to our online family. Anybody in C3 as well? Good morning to you. Uh, We are in the middle of a series called Naturally Supernatural Disciples, Everyday Encounters for Everyday Disciples. And in this series, we are asking the question, what does it mean to be a naturally supernatural disciple? Last week, Putty laid out the roadmap for us of how we are to get there. And we believe that we live this out as we embrace belonging in the Father, being in Jesus, and doing with the Holy Spirit. And today, we're going to zoom in on that roadmap, and we are going to look at what does it mean to belong? What does it mean to belong in our relationship with the Father? And specifically, what does it mean to belong in our relationship with the Father when life isn't simple or easy? Because let's, let's be honest, let's get it out the way right now, 2020 was not simple or easy for any of us, right? From COVID to racial injustice to job loss to uh, relational issues, I mean, 2020 was a lot. And I just skipped over a ton of things as well. It's a lot. So what does it look like to embrace belonging? Well, I believe Jesus has a lot to say about this today, and I'm excited to dive into this. Would you go with me to Luke 22, verse 41 to 44? And this is where we're going to spend some time today together. And in this text, Jesus has just shared his final meal with his disciples before he goes to the cross. And we see Jesus and his disciples in a a very real moment. And we're going to pick up the story there. Verse 41 says, And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. How does embracing our belonging in the Father, how does it impact us in real time? In real time when when the pressures of life seem to be insurmountable? How does Jesus seem to do it? I believe that the answer to these questions will help us to embrace our own belonging in 2021. Would you guys pray with me as we jump in? So Father, we thank you so much for this gift of belonging. We thank you for what your son Jesus has made available to us. We thank you for being here, present with us, and we invite you to come even more. Would you come tangibly uh, in the room and online where everyone um, is watching in cars and living rooms and 
uh, wherever they are, Lord, we invite you, we welcome you. We say, have your way. Whatever you want to do, we're into it, Lord. Open ears, open hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So in 2011, I can't believe this is 10 years ago now, but in 2011, I, I had the opportunity to travel to Nicaragua. And this was my very first time outside of the country. It was for a great cause. Uh, my then cute girlfriend and now cute wife, her brother, <laughs> her brother was getting married and he invited me to come along. So of course, I was not about to miss out on this incredible opportunity. And I remember, you know, landing in Nicaragua. I remember as, as we are walking through the hotel, I'm just, or I'm sorry, the airport, I'm like looking around, I'm taking it all in. It was such a culture shock just walking through the, um, through, the, uh, through the airport, leaving the airport. I remember jumping into the car and I'm looking out the window and I just see random horses at the gas station. I'm like, okay. I see uh, cattle, herds of cattle just crossing the road as we're, as we're driving through some, some, some parts of Nicaragua and uh, for some reason, I, I don't fully understand it, but I had street vendors walking up to me. They're trying to sell me things, and they're just like, amor, amor, love, love. And, and I don't know, I just felt very loved and <laughs> seen and special. It was, it was great. I remember my stomach wasn't even ready for how different Nicaragua would be. I remember that, you know, a group of us, we went out and we, we found a food truck that sold burgers. And I'm like, yes, burgers, America, yeah, <laughs> this is great. So uh, we all eat from the food truck. I, I get this delicious burger. I take care of it real quick. It was great. And the next day I woke up with a, a swollen face, I had freckles underneath my eyes. I, I literally looked like Will Smith from Hitch. Um, <laughs> It was, uh, and no, there is no photo evidence. Um, we burned it all. And I was the only one out of the group. Apparently, I had an allergic reaction. Um, but again, I'm not bitter. I'm, I'm over it. It was 10 years ago. Um, I'm good. See, even though I was with my girlfriend, I was with her family, and they did everything possible to make me feel, like, uh, comfortable, it was easy for me to think and to feel at moments like I don't belong here. We've all had experiences in our lives where we feel like we don't belong. You don't have to go to another country to feel like an outsider. We have all had that feeling, that inner feeling of disconnection and discomfort with uh, friends and family and co-workers and neighbors and at school and in society and in our relationship with the Father. The truth is that we are all longing for belonging. It's been hardwired in us to meet that need of belonging. And oftentimes in our pursuit of true belonging, we are tricked into accepting a false version of belonging we're going to call counterfeit belonging. And counterfeit belonging influences how we encounter and embrace our own belonging in the Father. Counterfeit belonging is belonging that is only real after you meet a certain set of expectations or fit within a certain set of social norms. It is always conditional. 
For example, we may experience counterfeit belonging in our relationships at times. You know, we, we know from tons and tons of research that we love to hang out with people who are just like us. We love to be with people who are literally like us. And there are specific social norms to fitting in and feeling that sense of belonging. So yeah, for sure, we connect on some things, definitely. But is true belonging always present? Sameness doesn't directly equal belonging. And because we are all human beings, you know, we have experienced this to some degree in our families growing up. From the most functional to dysfunctional families, we were all raised with a set of expectations and social norms that equaled a sense of belonging. Think about it. If I handle conflict this way, then I will belong. If I am a, a, a high achiever and I perform well, then I will belong. If I don't make mom or dad angry, then I will belong. If I make a certain amount of money, then I will belong. If I just meet this specific standard, I will belong. I wonder if the counterfeit belonging that we've experienced in our lives, I wonder if it would influence us to believe that we only belong in our relationship with the Father when we perform. I wonder if this counterfeit belonging that we've experienced in our lives would influence us to believe that we are spiritual orphans constantly working to prove that we belong in God's family instead of resting assured that we do because we are his sons and his daughters. Well, I came here to tell you today that in your relationship with the Father, your belonging is not counterfeit. It is not shallow. It is not up for negotiation. It is true belonging in the Father, which leads to encounters with the Father, first for us and then from us to others. So what is true belonging? True belonging is unconditional relationship and union with the Father. Unconditional relationship and union with the Father. And we see this most clearly reflected in the life of Jesus. Jesus is the clearest example. And I want to get back to the story in Luke 22. But before we do, I think I should answer a, a question that may be on, on some of your minds. And that question is, is it really fair to use Jesus as our, our example for belonging? Is that fair? Like, Jesus is God. Jesus is a part of the Trinity. Jesus was, you know, he was in that little thing that Putty showed us last week. I think it was a triangle. Jesus was right there. Of course, Jesus experienced belonging, Brandon. Of course he did. Is that really fair? And the answer to that question is, yes, it is. It is fair. Jesus is our model for belonging. Jesus is our model. Yes, he was fully God, but he was also fully human. Jesus was born. Jesus had to learn. Jesus grew up. Jesus ate food. Jesus slept. Jesus worked a job. Jesus felt frustrated with his family at times. Jesus had a complex relationship with his parents. Jesus went to weddings and parties Jesus experienced anxiety and despair. So yes, Jesus is God, but he is God incarnated. He is God in the flesh. And when Jesus came to earth, he did something very important that we 
must examine for a second. The Apostle Paul says that Jesus did this in Philippians 2, verse 6 and 7. It says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. The apostle Paul is saying that Jesus laid down his divine rights and divine privileges. Jesus laid down his divinity. Jesus did not bring his godness to earth with him. Think about that for a second. Jesus didn't bring his godness to earth with him. That means that everything that Jesus experienced on the earth, everything that we read him experiencing in the Gospels, he's experiencing that as a man filled with the Spirit of God, as a man in union with God. So that means that even Jesus' belonging and his relationship that we see he, he has with the Father on earth, he's experiencing that in his humanity. That's great news for you and I, because that means that the relationship and belonging we see that Jesus experiences is not out of reach for you or I. Jesus is our model. He is our model. If we go back to Luke 22, verse 41 to 44, Jesus is literally experiencing this very human moment. He's in a very human moment. We're experiencing him in his humanity. He decides to stop in this place called the Garden of Gethsemane. I want to read the text one more time, it says this, and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. This passage shows us two very important characteristics of belonging in our relationship with the Father that we must understand. Because understanding our belonging in the Father, it gives us the ability to tap into the benefits of being a son or daughter of God. But not understanding our belonging opens the door to orphan tendencies. And this belonging and these, uh, these characteristics of belonging that we see in this text that we're going to discuss, they work in partnership together. One has to do with who God is, and the other has to do with who we're called to be. So the first characteristic that we see here is that belonging is reliable. Belonging is reliable, and this is who God is. So if you are with us online, go ahead and drop in the chat. He is reliable. He is reliable. I know this sounds very idealistic. I get it, you know, because we've experienced the opposite of this in our earthly relationships. We've experienced um, unreliability, disappointments, inconsistencies. So it's so easy for us to uh, ascribe these same characteristics to the Father. But I want you to look at verse 43 for a moment. It says, and there appeared to him an angel from heaven strengthening him belonging in our relationship with the Father is reliable. We can count on it because Jesus, or the Father is committed to us, and he was committed to Jesus in this moment. He will always show up on our behalf. Verse 43, we see that Jesus is praying to the Father. Jesus is, is emotional, and the Father responds to Jesus by sending him an angel from heaven to strengthen him. What does this represent? It represents God's grace. 
God's divine empowerment. God came and God gave Jesus the ability to do what he could not do on his own in that moment. And this is what our belonging gives us access to. It gives us access to grace. It gives us full access to grace. Listen, you may feel tired right now. You may feel weary right now. You may feel alone right now. I want to remind you that you have been adopted into the family of God. Your belonging gives you full access to all of heaven's resources. Think back to when you were a kid and used to play outside. I think kids still do that. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I remember being 10 or 11 years old, and I remember my brothers and I, we would, we would ride our bikes all throughout the south suburbs of Chicago. No cell phone, uh, no adults, crossing busy highways and streets. Yeah. You know, different time. You know, now there are like trackers and you could GPS and all, all of that, right? But, you know, whenever we got hungry or thirsty, we went where? Home. Whenever we had a need, we didn't think once or twice about it. We were like, okay, it's time to go home. Now, I know that home, depending on our our home life, it may trigger different emotions or memories for us, but home is supposed to be a safe place. I'm not saying it always is. It's supposed to be a a, a reliable place. It's supposed to represent a a place of consistency. It's supposed to represent a place where our needs are met and we experience affection. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus had a need. In his humanity in that moment, he had a a need, an issue he couldn't seem to work out. So what does Jesus do? He goes home. He goes home because he knew that he was not an orphan. And no, he didn't, you know, teleport into the sky. The sky didn't crack open and he didn't like ascend into the heaven. Jesus got on his knees. He put his face on the ground and he paused and he got into the presence of the father. Why? Because Jesus's relationship with the father was his home on earth. Belonging is being at home in our relationship with the Father? Do you feel at home in your relationship with the Father? I want to feel at home in minds. I believe right now the Father is saying to some of us, he's saying, hey, you belong, come home. You belong, come home. Are you, are you anxious about the current state of our nation? He's like, I know, I know, but you belong, come home. Are you grieving the loss of a family member or grieving the fact that you can't see family members? He's like, I know this is hard, but you belong, come home. Are you constantly feeling like you got to work and strive and be perfect and do every, dot every I, dot every T? No, he's like, you belong, come home. Belonging is reliable. It is reliable. The second characteristic we see here is that belonging is vulnerable. And this is who we are called to be. Verse 42, Jesus is praying. He's like, hey, Father, if you are willing, let this cup be removed from me, but you know, not my will, yours be done. Jesus is like, hey, God, I, I'm, I'm good. I, wanna, I don't want to do this. Is there a back door that I could take? <laughs> Sneak out the back? You know, you think anybody will notice? He's like, I, I don't want to do this. Verse 44 says that Jesus is in agony. He's in agony. Think about that word. He's sweating so profusely and 
in such a great amount that it's as if he is bleeding. Belonging requires vulnerability. Belonging is intimate. It is up close. And like any other relationship in our lives, our relationship with the Father requires that we open ourselves up to him. And if, if we do, it will affect how we experience belonging in the Father. See, we have belonging in him whether or not we are vulnerable. Like, Jesus paid for that. (laughs) We're good. Like, we belong in God, no question. But our vulnerability frames how we experience that. And if I'm being honest, I struggle with this area of vulnerability. I I could be so tempted to not let the Father into the dark, deep places of my soul. I can be tempted to just rely on my neat little spiritual routines and habits and not really take the time needed to really pour my heart out to the Father in true sincerity and authenticity. But Jesus is my model. He's my model, and in his darkest hour, when he's filled with fear and anxiety because he knows what's coming, I want you to notice what Jesus does. He feels safe and confident enough to truly vocalize and express what is happening inside of him. And this is a sign that Jesus embraced belonging. He wasn't worried about disappointing the Father in that moment. Jesus didn't act like everything was okay in that moment. He didn't say, hey, God, it's me. I'm ready to die. Let's do it. Let's go. You know, he wasn't worried about proving himself to the Father. He wasn't concerned with being polished or perfect. He simply became vulnerable because he knew that his belonging in the Father was real and authentic. Therefore, he could be real and authentic. In the dead of night, in the middle of the night, Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. And in this moment, the garden represents a battleground. There was a battle that took place there. It represents a place of pressure, of anxiety, of fear. But it was in that place, in that environment, where Jesus still experienced belonging and he still encountered the Father. Why? Because everyday encounters with the Father and true belonging is not hinged on our outside circumstances. So whatever garden you may find yourself in today, whatever environment you may find yourself in today, you can, ex- you can still experience belonging and embrace your belonging in the Father. It could be the garden of financial hardship, the garden of relationship issues, the garden of struggling business. I don't know what it is, but you can still encounter the Father in the midst of it. You can still embrace your belonging in the midst of it. Jesus teaches us here that belonging happens because the Father is reliable and when we are vulnerable. Now, how we experience How we embrace this belonging is the same way that we see Jesus do it here in the garden. So what does Jesus do? What does he do? What should we do? Jesus paused and began to engage with God as Abba, Father. This word Abba is only found in the Bible four times, and the first time that we see it here in the Bible is from Jesus. Jesus is using it to refer to his Father. And so the words that little first century Jewish children would have called their fathers, it means, it can be translated as daddy, as papa, 
as dear father. It's a word that communicates childlike trust, affection, and intimacy. Now, in the Old Covenant, before Jesus, God was known by one of his many names. Father wasn't one of them. Abba wasn't one of them. But when Jesus came, Jesus ushered in a brand new revelation of who God was when he addressed the God of heaven as Abba, Father. And all of the names of God can be identified, can be summarized into this one word, Abba, Father. So to embrace your belonging and engage with God as Abba, it means that you will encounter the Father in all of the various aspects of his nature and who he is. It means that you will encounter him as the Lord who will provide. You will encounter him as the Lord God who heals, as the Lord God who is present, as the Lord God of peace. Everything that we could ever need is found in our belonging and in our relationship and in our embrace of Abba Father. That's why the Apostle Paul, he says this in Galatians 4 verse 6. He says, and because you are sons and daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, when we put our faith in Jesus, Jesus gave us his spirit. That spirit lives in us, and that spirit in us cries out to the Father, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. It is the spirit within us that releases everyday encounters with Abba, Father. Or to put it the way that Putty put it last week, it is the spirit within us that releases belonging encounters, belonging encounters. I want to share a prayer with you that has been really powerful in my life for embracing my own belonging and encountering the Father just in, in, in secret. I've, I've, I've used this prayer over the years, and it has wrecked me. I've learned it, learned it from the author, Brennan Manning, who wrote about it in his book, The Furious Longing of God. It's a very long prayer, so brace yourself. I don't know if, you, if you're a note taker. Take out your notes. Um, let me know when you're ready. It is Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. Man, Abba, I belong to you. And he, he suggests when you pray this prayer, you want to get in a quiet place, open your hands, close your eyes, take a deep breath in, and as you do, say Abba. Then take a deep breath out, and you want to say, I belong to you. And you practice this a couple times, do it a couple times, and after that, sit in silence for a moment. Take some time to sit in silence and listen and feel. And what you will notice is that you will begin, I, I promise you, you will begin to be drawn into the embrace of Abba. Matter of fact, why don't we take a quick moment to do it right now? Right where you are, just close your eyes. Put your hands out in front of you. Let's take a deep breath in. And just say, Abba, Abba. Breath out. I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. 
Abba, I belong to you. And even right now, I can sense a, a shift in my heart. I can, I can sense a, an awareness of a peace. And it's almost as if I can sense someone has come near to me, if that makes sense. And some of you are probably experiencing that as well right now. And that is the embrace of Abba. So what I want to encourage you to do is I want to encourage you to pray this prayer every day this week. Take a moment out of your day. Maybe you start your day with this. Maybe you end your day with this. Maybe you do this on your lunch hour. I want, I want you to take a moment and pause and, Abba, I belong to you. And I guarantee you will begin to be drawn into deeper encounters with the Father. You know, immediately after Jesus paused in the garden, he was betrayed. He was beaten, he was whipped, he was spit on, he was nailed to the cross, and he died. And three days later, he rose from the grave, victorious over sin and death. I would like to argue that if it were not for the fact that Jesus walked in everyday encounters with the Father and embraced his belonging, he probably would not have been able to trust the Father in his darkest hour. I would like to argue that if it was not for that moment in the garden where Jesus paused and encountered the Father and had that moment of embracing his belonging, that there would be no death on the cross. There wouldn't be a, a payment for sin. There would not be a resurrection. There wouldn't be a new covenant, i.e. there wouldn't be an, uh, an us. That moment in the garden was significant. It was powerful. Friends, because Jesus embraced belonging, he was able to extend it to the world. Because he embraced belonging, he was able to extend it to the world. Here's the heart of the matter. As naturally supernatural disciples, we have belonging in the Father. We have belonging in Abba. When we embrace it, everything changes even when our circumstances don't. Nothing on the surface changed for Jesus, yet everything changed for him in that moment of encountering Abba. And if we like Jesus, embrace our own belonging, we can extend belonging to others. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you so much for what you model. Jesus, even right now, we are reminded of the sacrifice that you made, what you had to overcome, what you modeled for us, what you've made available. Father, I pray that we would become more overwhelmed and wrecked by the reality that we belong in you. God, wreck us with that truth that we are yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.